Welcome, everyone, to Hit the Books. I'm Thomas Casali with Joey Kanish. Uh, Kanish, we're going into week nine now, college football, but big news is, is you're playing injured. You're uh, you're not 100%. Let me tell you something. Uh, I know a lot of people at this company, they might be off a month, two months, uh, may, may, maybe on long-term IR, DL. Not Joey K, baby. He's here Friday. Hit the books. Wouldn't have missed it. I will. Hey, Kanish, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're fighting through fighting through your sickness to be here, and so you can get give you your opinions on my picks. Went three and two last week, sixteen and fourteen for the year, still hovering around that fifteen percent mark. But you know, hey, listen. But the the best part of my week, Kanish, was you know one of my losses was Air Force. I love that play, but the, the they, they came you up love short. The triple option play. Yeah, so you know, to my detriment, I, I love the triple option. Sometimes I love the triple option. Uh, lost on Air Force. Navy wasn't one of my official picks. Had them last week. They got killed. But I must be rubbing off on you, Kanish, because I'm sitting home watching football and I see a tweet from you that says, "Look, here it is." The Bears should install the triple option. Now, Kanish, not even a triple option lover like me thinks NFL teams should run it. I mean, are you are you you finally coming over to the dark side here? Run the triple option at the pros, baby. If you can't beat them, join them, baby. I haven't <laughs> won a Navy bet all year. I've, I've been fading the Bears. That's, listen, just Justin Fields, if they're not going to let him throw it, just run the triple, baby. I'm all on board. Um, But I, we got a teaser for later in the show here. Uh. We might have a friend of the show, Fade, who runs a triple option, who's been a thorn in my side, and we get it all back this weekend, baby. All right, Fade and the triple option. People might not remember this, but many years ago, the Colts had a quarterback, a running quarterback. This was before guys like Lamar Jackson played in the NFL, and they tried to run a little bit of triple option in the NFL. It did not work. It did not work. What was his name? I can't remember his name now. He was a backup quarterback, and they had a, an injury, an injury to their starter, and they, they so they brought him in. He was a runner, and they ran some triple option. And you know, listen, you can't do that stuff in the pros, right? Those guys are just too fast; they'll kill you. So that is the experiment. Joey Kanish's experiment did not last long at the NFL level. Well, hey, Kanish, let's get into this week's picks. Uh, I'm again sixteen and fourteen. I could go either way here, so hopefully I have a good week. I got a couple of picks I like, a couple of picks I'm in. I put them in early. I want to hear your thoughts on Hit the Books is presented by the Hammer Betting Network. Kanish, you can check out all the great content at thehammer.bet and all social media platforms at the Hammer HQ. So my first pick, this is my favorite play of the week, all right? I'll, I'll tell you the, the game and why I like it. I got USC minus 14 on the opener in Arizona. That's up to about 15 and a half at most places. Listen, this I've been betting against USC most of this season because of their defense, but it's the other defense is why I have the Trojans this week. Arizona cannot stick with this team. They're 115th in total defense, 110th in rushing defense, 103rd in pass defense, 124th in scoring defense. They've given up 49 points each in losses to Washington, Oregon, Cal. I think the Trojans named their number on Saturday. You know, I, I obviously got in it good there. Uh, I can't argue with the point that Arizona's defense is absolutely miserable um, and just hasn't been able to stop anybody uh, literally at any point all year. Um, 
The one concern I would have is Jordan Addison's status. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go. And I know there's, you know, when you talk about uh, skill players, and he's one of those guys, obviously, that's so talented uh, that I do think he has uh, some value to the spread. They don't. They've got, uh, you know, a decent skill room around uh, Caleb Williams. But, um, you know, this isn't like Ohio State where you're just putting the next five-star out there. Yet uh, USC still needs a little bit of a a talent swoon under Riley here. So I do think that would have a significant impact um, on their offense because he's been so prolific. And he makes everything easier. Just uh, when, even when you have him out there, if you're not, you know, throwing him uh, a target every down, it makes it easier for the other guys. So, I like it. Um, I would be if, if at this point, if you're watching the show and you're looking at the current line, uh, I'd want to know Addison's status uh, before jumping in on anything current. And what about this? I uh, see. I like the fact that USC lost to Utah and is coming off a bye week off a loss because if they had beaten Utah, this could be a sleepy spot for them, right? They're going to Arizona. Arizona's no good. Uh, do you ever factor that in that since they're coming off a loss and had that week to prepare, that they'll be more focused for this game? Well, I think you know it's it, some of it. Yeah, case by case, you look into how you know, how the performance was relative to the buy, how many injuries they had, uh, were they seeing a you know a dip in performance due to playing so many weeks? They did have, I will say, um, you know, outside even Rice Week One's look. I mean, they have had a a challenging schedule up mm-hmm. to that point before the bye week, where I think it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight weeks of of really no team that, that you would consider like, uh, you know, a horrid deer, a bad deer, one of those, you know, bottom five or 10 teams. Um, and a lot of these games, uh, you know, outside of rice and Fresno state early, these are, they, they were competitive games. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so they were games, they were going to the wire, obviously, you know, like physical, there's no room to, to rest starters or any of that stuff. So I do think, uh, you've got a chance for sure. Performance improvement bump here. Um, and, uh, USC, Assuming Addison plays, uh, even at the current number, would be the side I want here. I don't, I don't really. It would be one of those that it, it's either a USC for pass for me. I'm not inclined to to get involved in Arizona here. Um, you know, I, I just I don't like the the direction. Obviously, you said the defense is horrific, um, and, and it's a game where to cover this number, you're talking about them probably needing to get into the. The yeah. mid thirties, uh, you know, so uh, Arizona would be a total pass for me if Addison plays. Uh, I, I would be fine back in USC. Okay, so my second game, I got a, I, I got a tip. You can tell me if I'm in the right hemisphere here. Um, I took Eastern Michigan plus seven against Toledo. I got a little tip that uh, Toledo's quarterback and maybe the best player in the MAC, Dequan Finn, isn't going to play in this game. He was injured on the last play against Buffalo. Now he's thrown for 1,600 yards, rushed for 500, accounted for 26 touchdowns. If he can't play, it's likely redshirt freshman Tucker Gleason with a whopping 22 career pass attempts. So that's a big – I know we talked about this before with college quarterbacks. Sometimes there's not a huge downgrade. To me, that's a big downgrade. I was looking at Eastern Michigan before that. Now if Finn doesn't play, I think plus seven with Eastern Michigan at home is the right side. Uh, we might we might know this guy, the same person who has this uh, the info here on Finn. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't usually like to give uh, you know Canadians any credit, but sometimes they come through for you. But um, I would agree. Um, 
my again is this one that if he gets announced out, you're going to get the best of the number, no problem. You know, I think there's still actually a few sevens out there. If fit, and again, this is one that you probably won't know for sure until about you know at most 30 minutes or an hour before game time. If Finn's not going to go, maybe 30 seconds before game time, the way the Mac works. Um, so yeah. you know, it'll be one that if he gets announced out, you'll definitely see some Eastern steam come in. Um, I also like some under there uh, if he's not going to play. Obviously, big downgrade at quarterback. Um, you know, if, if and Toledo's a team that even with Finn uh, is uh, you know a team rush base offense, a team that's not going to. The the only counter I, I would have here is that Eastern Michigan, like the ver- the variance in their performance and their results week to week, uh, is just absolutely insane. Like it's a team that almost loses to Eastern Kentucky. Loses the ULL by 30, beats Arizona State, almost loses the UMass, loses to Northern Illinois by 30, beats Ball State. Like, I have absolutely no pulse on what Eastern Michigan team you're going to get this year, what their median level of performance is, um, what they, you know, what, what the team even excels at. Like, it's just been an insane team to watch all year in terms of the results and the type of games they play. Um, so I agree. I, I think just to simplify it, grab the seven, it thins out, you get the best of the number. Um, and, and that's the way to play. And then you just ride it and hope that uh, you get the, the, you know, the, the positive Eastern Michigan random number generator pops up this week and, and you get one of those good performances instead of the ones that uh, they look like crap. So uh, tough team to gauge, but Hey, uh, the bottom line, get the best of the number. We got the info that Finn's likely not going to play. Got to bet it. Yeah, and you mentioned tough team to gauge. And one of the reasons I liked him this week was, be, and we talked about this on the show before, is we don't do a lot with trends, but coaching trends sometimes. You know, Chris Creighton for Eastern Michigan, who I think has done a fantastic job there. They're 34-11-1. and 11 and 1. Their last 46 games is underdog. So this is a team I feel more comfortable backing as a dog than laying points with. And I mean, you talk about like for most of my childhood and adult life, that program was a complete graveyard. Like, yeah, oh, and 12, like one and 11, a team that I mean, probably you could have questioned. So they even have been an SBS team. Um, nobody go like if you're I don't know anybody. I grew up in this area of my life. I don't know anybody that went to Eastern Michigan. Like, nobody goes there. I don't know how they've been able to put together a. A, you know, a reasonably competitive program, but I agree with you. He's a coach and it's a program that I, you know, as you said there with that record, like is usually undervalued. And some of those, you know, we obviously we don't put a lot of stock in a ton of trends, but there are some of those coaching trends we've talked about like Matt Campbell uh, as a big dog that, that do have value that do have value. And simply they just overperform the market number uh, on a consistent basis. So yeah, I, I think, just you know, don't overthink it. Grab the seven. Uh, hope the Finn info is good that he's out and and ride the Eagles. All right. So this next game is the one I'm really interested in getting your thoughts on because um, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest game on Saturday. It's uh, Ohio State and Penn State. I'm laying the number here with Ohio State. I took Penn State last week. Mentioned that probably the same guy who told us about Finn <laughs> that uh, uh, Tanner Morgan wasn't going to play for Minnesota that started redshirt freshman in Happy Valley, white out, all that stuff. Everything was going Penn State's way last week. Now you go, see, the thing Kanish that caught my attention in the preseason was when the odds makers gave out games of the year, 
Ohio State was a double-digit favorite in every game that they lost. So they thought Ohio State was in a class by themselves. And after that slow start against Notre Dame, it's 326 to 94 for the Buckeyes. I just, I don't know. I think this Penn State defense is a little bit overrated. Can they stop C.J. Stroud in this offense? I, I, I laid the number. What do you think on this one? You know, this is this has probably been one of my more uh, you know conflicting games of the week. Obviously, marquee game, um, one that that I don't have a position on currently. Uh, and I and I know some you know some sharp guys I know that that bet some 14, 14 and a half. I know some sharp guys I know that bet the plus 15, 15 and a half. So it, it kind of a good two way action here. You've seen the market you know fluctuate a bit between those numbers. I, I, my and I, again, this is uh, how I would break is. Penn State looked so overmatched versus Michigan. However, when you go back and you look at how they've played relative, you know, it, it's been a team. I heard, uh, you know, friend of the show, Bud Elliott, mentioned this. It seemed like they've been a team that's just gotten hammered when they go up against the elites of the conference. They get hammered versus Michigan. They seem to, for whatever reason, be able to play reasonably competitive games versus Ohio State. The strength of their defense, definitely, uh, you know, the, the secondary, uh, Joey Porter Jr., obviously all you know, all world, everything, first round player. Um, so I think they match up a bit better with, with Ohio State's offense than they would like a, a Michigan team that just was able to pound them for, you know, 400 plus yards. I'm not sure what that, I, I, the, the the issue would be for me. I don't know what you can get out of Penn State's off. Obviously they put it on yeah. Minnesota last week. Um, you know, it was a team where like they could barely pick up first downs versus Michigan. Uh, Clifford is banged up. Uh, and then they go uh, against Minnesota um, and, and, you know, put up a 50-burger. So um, interesting team to hand – interesting game to handicap. Um, gun to my head, I would lean with you uh, on the Ohio State side. Um, but I don't have a play here. I, it, it's one that I, I don't anticipate having action on. Um, I think you can make a, you know, a case for both sides. There's some people I know on both sides. So um, – I know we. I wish I had a more, you know, stronger take for this one, but um, there's a couple of things just just keeping me. I think from a raw number perspective, do I think 14 or 14 and a half is short? Yes. Um, do I think there's some elements that that in terms of Penn State's history, how they match up? Obviously, you know, white out big game, um, and and how Stroud it, it it's they when they've gone up against some of these better teams, like even against Iowa last week. If you look, if you dig into the numbers, it wasn't a fantastic performance. Like you look at just the score, and you're like, "Oh, they killed them." Well, they killed them because Iowa couldn't pick up a first down the entire game. Had a bunch of turnovers over the century on fourth down. So, um, yeah, it, it's one that's that I think is one of the more confounding games of the week. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna enjoy it and root you home. Okay, now this game is at noon Eastern time, so that's good news and bad news for me. The good news is, is I always think it matters. Like I think it would be better for Penn State if this game was at night. the The fans are all looped. I mean, they're they come and raring to go at night. So I always like that. But here's the other thing: for some reason, I think I'm at twelve percent winning games that, that start at noon this year. I don't know what it is. I'm always behind the eight ball. Whenever I have a game at noon, I'm always getting killed. So if you're listening to the show and you want to fade me, there's a random stat right there that I can't win a game that starts at noon Eastern time. Well, um, I tell you what, I'm about to petition the uh, the armed services to start, uh, you know, putting more of those Navy Army games at noon going forward then apparently. And I, well, yeah, well, I got a contact in the Department of Defense <laughs> to get some of these games at noon. No triple option plays for me this week, Kanish. Air Force let me down. That's uh, There's no way that team should have three losses. They should be ashamed of themselves, to be honest with you. But, the yeah, the the Air, 
Hey, Army got a big win. That you liked Army, didn't you like Army last week? Yeah, you know that that, that was one yeah. that kind of traded around the you know the touchdown yeah. all week. It got under there. We were talking about it um, as a, a game we liked under a touchdown. Weird, weird game. Like you know, it was very competitive. They actually yeah. losing early on uh, in the second half. Just just slammed it home. So um, yeah, that, that we'll see. Uh, you know, I, you, I mean, I, I usually listen to the the triple whisper over here on the other side of the screen, but uh, yeah, it was nice to actually get one of those home for a change. So, okay, my fourth pick is I took Louisville getting four points at home against Wake Forest. Wake Forest has played two road games this year, Vanderbilt early on, and then they they had a nice win at um, Florida State. I think Louisville can kind of ugly this game up. They can run the football. They have a pretty good defense. So I thought anything above three for Louisville at home made sense. So when it was four, I grabbed it. Well, I'll tell you what. I like that we finally have a little head-to-head, baby. Because right, Joey K is going woke forest time here. Uh, and, and listen, I'm not going to begrudge on taking the four. Obviously, uh, you got a good number there. The market's three. Um, but three was the number that I was looking for on Wake Forest. Uh, and three was the number that that popped up. And three was the number that I actually bet uh, you know, within an hour ago. So, uh we got a little head-to-head here. I listen. If you've listened to Joey K at all this year, uh, you know I am not a Malik Cunningham fan yeah. uh, in any way, shape, or form. And so, when you're talking about a game here uh, that 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 has a, in a Wake team, as uh, you know, I was talking to the you better you bet guys and Lockie had mentioned that like Wake Forest hadn't gone under their team total in like two years. Um, and so, with a total that's gotten up here now, sixty-four and a half, mostly even some sixty-five. Again, we, we you know we talked about it uh, earlier. Like, what number do you need to cut? Louisville's going to have to get. I don't think you know you're not going to hold Wake Forest to 21 or 24. Like, I think you're going to need to get to to 28 to 31 to one of those to cover this number. And I'm just not a Malik Cunning, especially in a game where if they get behind and then he needs to pass, uh, he just can't do it. He just can't do it. So. Could Louisville control this game on the ground, keep it physical, use their defensive line? Sure. Not saying that's out of the realm of possibility. I just think Wake Forest, uh, the best unit on the field, Demon Deacon's offense, I think it's too much here for a Louisville team um, that, that again, I, I've, I've been very uh, bearish on all year. They've overperformed in a few spots, no doubt. Um, but this is a spot that I was looking for the three, and I played it. All right. Well, hey, listen, I – We've gone head to head a couple of times. I've come out on top. I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't have any Louisville stuff to wear on the show next week. If they win, I might have to order a never nervous Purvis Ellison uh, jersey or something <laughs> to wear on the wear on the show. But uh, yeah, right, and I'm sure six of our viewers will know who that is. So yeah, I, I love <laughs> when you date yourself with these quarterbacks, right? So, oh yeah. yeah and, the, and I, I, the the never nervous. You gotta hey, if you don't know them, Google them, baby. Uh, I'll the, bet. I'll, right after the show ends, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> so okay, there's our first head to head. I'm on Louisville. Kanish is on Wake Forest. We'll see how that one. Now, what time is that game? It's not noon. I hope. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, I was gonna. Well, if it's not, they need to move it up. It. Uh, it's a. Yeah. Three, if, it looks okay. Like three thirty. Then I at least have a shot. The, the three thirty. I got a shot. Night is where I usually. The nighttime is where I feast. That's. Uh, that's where I've been doing well. So. This pick, Kanish, I don't even know if I like anymore, to be honest with you. So I'm going to listen to your thoughts on it. 
I took it early on in the weeks. Not only do I not even, I'm not even thrilled with the pick anymore. I don't even, I got the bad line on it. I took the Cincinnati Bearcats minus 120. Uh, they're now getting a point and a half against uh, UCF. And uh, similar to what you said, and it was probably the game they played each other, You how you don't like Louisville. I, I'm not a UCF fan, and maybe it's that game they played against Louisville. I just don't really like their quarterback. I think there's a huge coaching edge with Fickle and Cincinnati. I know this isn't the same Cincinnati team that we saw last year, right? The the, uh, the best player in the NFL apparently is uh, played it for Cincinnati last year, Sauce Gardner. He's in the NFL. The other corner's gone. I mean, all these guys are gone from Cincinnati. I just I looked at that SMU game. They dominated that game. They kind of let SMU win late. I just wonder if they're starting to round in the form here. They had a lot of new faces. I'm taking a shot that I'm that I'm on the right side here. Where were you? Um, you know, so UCF has been, I would say, kind of a you know a standard team that 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 they's kind of worked where if you can shut them down on the ground. John Rice Plumley isn't good enough to beat right. through the air. Um, so, you know, as you've seen, like against against East Carolina last week, couldn't move it, got blown out. Against Temple, they were able to run all over. They drop a 70 bomb on them. Against SMU, they drop a 40 bomb on them. Against Florida Atlantic, another. So against Louisville, who had a great defensive line, a great defensive performance in that one, they lose outright. Um, so I think it comes down to to how you feel the Cincinnati defense, which, as you said, has absolutely taken a step back this year. And if you look, you know, I, there's something just, and this is, I know they're 6-1, and one, I know they're still a ranked team, I know they're still riding high off that, just something about this Cincinnati team that for the better part of five or six weeks now um, have has just felt under, and I know they the, the game last week was not as close as the final score indicated, but even going back to the South Florida game where they're actually in jeopardy of losing there, um, underperforming at Tulsa, uh, you know, being in a closer game with Indiana, like they've just week after week seemed to kind of play down to their opponent and play below um, expectation. I'm wondering, you know, do they go up against, uh, you know, an elite team here? Uh, I mean, I've, elite team, but uh, I would say an elite rush offense uh, yeah. and not be able to, to, you know, hang with them. I don't know. Um, I don't think, again, it's a Cincinnati defense that's still good, not elite, what I would say their, their defense was last year. Um, so I'm, I'm just a little concerned relative to their, to their level of performance over the last month. Um, but again, it, it's a, you know, Luke Fickle, smart guy, uh, you know, they're going to have a game plan uh, that limits Plumley, and he just seems like a guy that you can die as long as you have the horses, which I think Cincinnati does in that front seven. Uh, you can put together a game plan that makes him very pedestrian. So, um, if anything here, I, I would lean towards the under in this one. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chastise you. I don't have a side. Uh, I'm just a little worried, uh, you know, about the the level that Cincinnati's been playing at for quite a while now. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, when the line moved against me, I kind of looked at it some more. And it doesn't, I mean, listen, the line moved to the Buccaneers on Thursday night and it didn't matter, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But sometimes if the line goes against me, I like to go back in to see, okay, what, what are other people seeing that I'm not seeing? And that was kind of what I came to, too, is that 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Luke Fickle. I'm a fan of the way Cincinnati plays. But if you break it down, they might not be as good as their record. So I could see that's maybe why people went the other way. Um, so that, that, that makes sense. Uh, that's my least favorite pick. Uh, you know, it's it's not at night, I don't think. So I don't have – I probably got a lesser chance of winning. That USC game's at night, baby. That's all me. I, I oh, that, that, that's, that's, that's the Tommy special. All that's right. That's the Tommy special. Back, back and, uh, after dark. I, yeah, and we're getting some never nervous purpose uh, love in the chat too here, Condition. Uh, but Ethan Thomas and he's fade. He said Louisville Casali you know, with a big fade. I think he faded like me on guy. Boise State and Air yeah. Force last week. So I, like <laughs> I think Ethan's going with rolling. a weekly Casali fade here. Um, that but, yeah, guy no. played for the Celtics. I knew. I knew. He, he saw, did he really play for the Celtics? Like, uh, can we block that guy? You know, like I want anybody <laughs> for the Celtics in this chat again. Yeah, I, I lose track of people when they get to the NBA. The, the, the NBA bores me, Kanish. I'm more of a college guy. But uh, my uh, my five picks to recap here is uh, I have USC laying 14. I have uh, Eastern Michigan plus seven. I have um, Ohio State minus 14 and a half. Then it's the Louisville Cardinals with a never nervous Purvis Ellison mojo going plus the four. And I have Cincinnati minus 120 on the money line. I'm 16 and 14. Uh, I'm looking to make a move here. Uh, I just have to be above 50%. So (laughs) I'm sitting in a nice place with a few weeks left. But Kanish, let's go to your side of the table here. You teased it earlier. You might have a little something here going up against somebody. What is the game or games you're looking at this week uh, on your card? I tell you what. Uh, you know what? This is a game I was looking at. It was 13 and a half. It was 14. Told myself, let's bump the brakes. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going back to the well again. Steamed across 14 today, and I'm back in, baby. I'm fading the midshipmen. Get this Navy triple out of here, because I'm taking the Temple. I don't care that the coach, coach has a virus. He's sick. He's not coaching. You know who else has a virus? Joey K. And I'm still <laughs> here performing, baby. So give me the Temple Owls. Um, They've got a great defensive line, and what do you need to hold down the triple? A great defensive line. Does their offense suck? Yes, it does. Does Kurt Warner's son should he be probably you know be uh, you know water boy in the CFL? Probably he's terrible too. Here we go. All we need though is maybe seven to ten points in this one to get the cover. Uh, I think Navy. You know, again, of course, I missed South Fayetteville against Houston last week when they get blown to smithereens, but I'm back on it this week. Give me Temple. And one more bonus, another team that's been absolutely junk here that that I think you just you have to bet the number, and it's Miami. If you can get it under three, I uh, just talked about it with the boy, the you better you bet boys. Um, it was a team that they get they've gotten steamed every week. The market was you know it's a ton of respect. They don't cover, they lose outright. Uh, I think it's Jakey Garcia this week. I'm I'm in. I think Virginia's that bad, and if this is a this is a game that. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, would have been Miami 10, 11, 14. Um, and now you're getting under a field goal. I know they're a miserable program right now. Um, I got to play the number. And if I was playing against a team with a pulse, like probably anybody else in the ACC, I'd probably lay off it. No, I'm playing the corpse of Tony Elliott at Virginia, which is the one team that's probably having a worse year than Miami. Give me the Canes uh, under a field goal. I think we're getting – it's too much too much number of value for me to pass up. 
Yeah, you know, Kish, I was looking at that game. I had Duke as my favorite play last week, and, you know, I was watching a lot of that game. And the reason I couldn't pull the trigger on Miami, it just seems like there's something wrong there. Uh, you know, it's an effort thing. It's So that would be my only concern. But you're right, Virginia is terrible. I mean, they're just dreadful. So I, I get the I get the play there. And, I mean, Temple, listen, for Temple – they're playing a little bit better. They're not out there winning games, but if you look, they're, they're covering some games. I know they gave up 70 recently, but they stuck in the back door last week. The They're at least showing signs of a, of a pulse for once. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe if they can slow that. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, the Navy triple option is, is crap. So it's out of all three service academies right now. They have the worst triple option. So that one makes sense too. It, it'll be interesting to see. I just I worry about the effort with Miami uh, from what I've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. All right, listen, I don't I don't blame you there. Uh, it's not one for the for the light heart. Wouldn't surprise me if uh, you know they totally laid down. Um, but it's just one of those numbers uh, that I got. And if they again, if they were playing a, a team that I thought was was more put together or more or any of that. Um, I'd probably lay off it. Uh, it just, you know, corpse versus corpse here. And I think uh, the one corpse has a lot more talent. All right. Hey, it's interesting because I, I was leaning that way. So I might jump on there with you since you like it. But hey, don't forget to subscribe to the Hammer College for NCAA Football on YouTube, Kanish. Turn on the notifications. The next Hit the Books comes live at you Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And that's with you and Brad Powers looking at all the games that just happened, looking ahead for the early numbers Monday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure to check that out. And Kanish, I got my final youth football game this weekend. I was going to say the Johnstown, uh, wait, are you yeah. guys still undefeated now, for the city championship? Oh, yeah, 237 to 6. We've outscored opponents. We're playing a team we beat 51 nothing in week one. We're laying 38 and a half on Saturday. What do you think? Well, I think that hopefully Coach Casali has some pride and, uh, you know, some some respect for the opponent and takes some knees here later. Uh, when it's 38 nothing, he better not be punching it in like Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, right. So I'm taking the points uh, and hoping that the coach. Uh, you know, can can show uh, a little bit more, a uh, little bit more compassion and empathy for the opponent. All right. Well, I'll let you know how that goes next week. As always, Kanish, it's great to get your thoughts on my picks. I'm looking for a big week. I'll be honest, I didn't love this card, so it'll be interesting to see how how I end up. But I'm going to take a look at that Miami game that you just gave out. Thanks as always. Good luck this weekend, and I'll see you next Friday on Hit the Books. You too, brother. Yeah.